How's everybody doing? I neglected to introduce myself last hour. So I'm Pastor Jim. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, Pastor Bruce has been on vacation. Enjoy. His son is in the Army and stationed in Louisiana, and he's been home for a little longer than two weeks. And so um, the family's been hanging out together, and he's radically committed to take every minute he can with Ryan. Um, and it's been a great time. He texted us this morning that he's praying for us and enjoying that time with his family. Um, and he'll be back in, uh, in the pulpit next week. And so be praying for him and everything. And um, it's 4th of July weekend. Isn't that great? Uh, huh? Uh, uh. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, it is a day to honor our country. And, um, you know, I was just thinking as I stand over there, uh, you know, we have a lot to be thankful for. I think there is a spirit in our land right now that's unfortunate where people are missing being thankful uh, for a great country and uh, a, the, the blessing that it is to live here and the, the privilege of being able to worship together freely today and uh, to pray for our country. And to, and to support it in a God-honoring fashion. And so I, went, I, I wonder if you wouldn't just mind taking five seconds in your own little world. I'm not going to make you speak it out loud. Um, I'll do the same thing, and then I'm going to pray again. Let's just, can you find two or three things, or five, however long I give you, just, God, I'm thankful for America because. And let's spend some time affirming the goodness of God that we share here together in this great country. Five seconds on your own. And God, we are privileged to be in America in spite of its difficulties and flaws and its history. It's an amazing place. And it stands um, in the gap for so many things. But for these many, many years that we've been around, one of the key areas we do is in getting to know and honor you. And we have a lot of freedom to do that, and we're grateful. And uh, we just pray, like your word encourages us, for our leaders, that no matter where they stand on the political spectrum, that they would be blessed by you, that they would figure out uh, how best to lead because that they're, they're learning and aligning with values that you esteem. And help us do the same thing in our lives as citizens. And uh, we're, we're grateful for the privilege. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so moving on to today's lesson. Um, you can turn to 1 Peter 3 right now. We'll get there in a second. I want you to think about how you've been blessed in the last week or two. Last Saturday, I was powerfully blessed by being able to drive that car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you missed the car show last week, especially if you missed it earlier at the end, you missed me pulling in in that 2022 Chevrolet Corvette C8R. There's only 250 of that exact model in the whole world. Chevrolet made 1,000 of the C8R. It's, a, it's modeled after their Enzo racing team. That car actually has more horsepower than the race car because of the, the legal limits from... Uh, the racing series that they're in. And uh, yeah, I got to drive that. It's a lot of fun. But let me tell you, that was a blessing. 
And really, I could have figured that out on my own. I, if I really badly enough wanted to, to drive a Corvette, I could have gone to rent one, maybe not a C8R, because there's only 1,000 in the whole world, 250 of that model right there. Only 1,000. How did I get to drive that car? Really, that's the biggest blessing. It's not that I got to drive it, but that I have a friend who was willing to bless me to that extent freely. Like, I didn't ask. You know, I say, hey, we got to, he's talking, he uh, is our appliance repair guy, and we've been friends with his family since kids were in junior high. And um, I say, hey, we got a car show. You know, you want to bring your car? And I didn't even know he had that one. He goes, well, I got 11 cars. How many do you want me to bring? <laughs> and, I, and he goes, yeah, my newest one is, is this. And I'm like, oh, man, that's so funny because I've been kind of joking with the congregation how much I love that car. And he's like, you want to drive it? And I'm like trying to be polite and restraint. And, uh, <laughs> sure, are you sure? No, you can't let me drive that car. Come on, man, come on. Um, and he let me. He goes, look, it's just a car. It's not just a car. Um, <laughs> as an example, one just sold at auction for $400,000. He let me drive that. But the... And, but the it is such a blessing, and I'll never forget it. I, took the, I don't even need the pictures. I'll never forget it. But what's more meaningful to me is his willingness, his determination to be that kind of blessing. Now, my friend Nick has had some really tough hardship in his life. You would look at that car and think, wow, that's the, you know, it's a really, really incredible car, and he must have such a blessed life. My oldest son and his son were good friends in junior high and high school, and in high school, I got a call in the middle of the night from Nick's mom, Nick Jr.'s mom, because Nick was blue in the bathroom. He ended up passing away a day or two later. Within six months, his mom died. And within six months of that, uh, his grandpa died. And my friend Nick has had numerous people tell him, why aren't you mad at God? Why don't you turn your back on God? And he says, there's no way I could ever turn my back on God. He's done too much for me. And that guy seeks to be a blessing to the extent that he'll let a friend that they touch base maybe a couple times a week, a year, drive his Corvette. What a blessing. And you've probably been blessed, maybe not. That's pretty severe. It's pretty awesome. Um, I've been blessed in other ways. Answered prayer. My son, uh, Matt, and his wife McKenzie had been looking for an apartment. They were trying to move out June 1st, and they, um, they uh, probably put in six or seven applications without landing somewhere. And last week, answered prayer, they, they landed somewhere, and it's the best out of any of their other choices, and the Lord really came through. That was a huge blessing. Um, there's another big blessing in our life that's been around for almost 10 months now. That's my granddaughter. And she is just full-time a blessing. Um, just That's all she's ever been, um, at least to me. And you know what? All I ever want to do is bless her. That's like, that's all I want to... I've never thought about doing anything else except for trying to be a blessing to her. And you have blessings. You can think about what you've been blessed with this past week. And it, it might be a long list of things. It might be a few things. But you can think about ways you've been blessed. As you think about those, thank God. 
but you've probably been mistreated too. In the course of any given week, you've either been mistreated by people or suffered some kind of uh, hardship or challenge or difficulty. It could be bad drivers. You could have had a bike wreck like I did in April. It could be the fireworks sounding like bombs behind your house last night at 2.30. Or the long line at In-N-Out. You've been mistreated. (laughs) So we're all, we live in this world where we all get mistreated and we all get blessed. And we really shouldn't be surprised. Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation. Later in, in the next chapter, Uh, Peter even says directly, do not be surprised by the fiery trial when it comes to you. And we shouldn't be surprised if we know Scripture at all because we know that we live on a sin-cursed earth. It's a beautiful, wondrous place. I love creation. Um, I was kind of brought up to appreciate uh, creation. I'm really grateful for that. And we live here in, in Huntington Beach. It's usually a dude. We live here day at least 300 days a year. It's amazing. We live by the Pacific Ocean. You think, like, what percentage of the people in the world get to ever see the Pacific Ocean? We can go see it anytime we want, every day, every, yeah, anytime we want. It's amazing. So the world, a year ago, I was in Yosemite. Ridiculous. Just the God's beauty out there is just unbelievable. And yet this earth, the Bible says, is broken. And we can see that too in things like natural disasters. We don't like floods and earthquakes and hail the size of baseballs like was falling in France the week before last. Um, it's, a, it's a messy place sometimes. And then we live in a sin-saturated population. The people around us don't necessarily all love God. In fact, the, most, the majority of the world does not love God. And Jesus says, when you don't love God, it's because you love your sin more than you love God. And at best, people are indifferent to God. But in Ephesians and other places, the Bible says that people who aren't with God are against him. They are enemies of God. And if they're enemies of God, then we're on God's team. They're kind of, in a way, enemies of us. And we're surrounded by a majority population that's not on board with the things of God. They're not on board with the Bible. They're not on board with church. They're not on board with holiness and righteousness. And we live in the middle of that. And because we do, we have problems. Then, maybe like me, you know all too well that we also live with our own selfish pride and foolishness. I mean, really, at the core of who I am, I'm a knucklehead. Like, I'm just like, like if, if the real me were unleashed especially the pre-Christ real me or the unfiltered by Christ real me. You know, people say, I'm just keeping it real or I want to, you know, I got to be sincere. I got to be authentic. Look, the authentic me without Christ is honestly, is evil. Like don't, you know, strive for authenticity, but not to the point where it's your sinful authentic self. We are to be Christ-like. And so here we all are. We're we're on this cursed earth. We live in a sin-saturated population. We're selfish and prideful and foolish. Of course we're going to have problems. That's That's our environment. That's where we live. There's going to be problems. Throughout 1 Peter, he kind of talks about a couple things that filter through the whole book. 
And the first one, I had you go to three, but if you don't mind switching back just a little bit to chapter one, it's important, it's vital to remember two things. Number one, if you know Jesus Christ, you are supremely blessed. You can't be blessed any more than being saved. You can't be blessed. I know that's hard, but like if there's a scale of blessing, off the charts good is knowing Jesus Christ. It's having a home in heaven, guaranteed. Having your sins forgiven, it's off the chart. Everything else under that, like driving the Corvette or having a grandchild or going on a cool vacation or doing, they're blessings, but they're not the supreme. You, uh, Colossians says that you have everything you can possibly have in Christ. You are supremely blessed if you're saved, if you truly know Jesus Christ. Not if you kind of like, you know, you're, you're, you might be blessed if you do good things, if you go to church, but like, if there's a point in your life where you went from being an unbeliever and crossed a line and became a believer, this is what the Bible says about you, beginning in 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. You know Jesus, you have Jesus, you really, it, it doesn't feel that way, it doesn't seem that way, there are many days this doesn't it become our reality, but you have everything God could possibly give you in Christ. Everything else that's good is just bonus. And then God really wants to bless you in the middle of this wacky world, world that we live in. And we're going to see that more clearly a little bit later. But if you go back to chapter 3 and we, we read through this passage, we see some interesting things, and I'll try and point them out to you um, as we continue. It says in God's Word, beginning in chapter 3 of 1 Peter, verse 8, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed, have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect." having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. And so what you see here is something that I hope you caught, but I will emphasize it for you again, here in verse 9. Do not repay evil for evil, 
or reviling for reviling. But, do, but on the contrary, if you, go, if you make marks in your Bible, circle that, highlight it, underline it, put asterisks around it, point arrows, whatever you do. But on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. Look, you were called by God to be a blessing. Did you catch that? Like, a calling. What's a calling? We think of, like, in the, in the pastoral world, we talk about called into ministry. That isn't this. This is to all believers. This is to you. This is to me. This is to our whole entire church. This is for everybody. Don't pay back evil for evil, reviling or insult for insult. On the contrary, bless. To this you were called. To this you were called. It's an invitation. It's an invitation. God is inviting you into behavior that is according to his world. It's oriented towards his kingdom, and he's inviting you into it. How many of you... um, have been invited to a wedding this summer or this year, let's say. Well, way fewer than last hour. All right, you guys. Step it up. Have, have more weddings. <laughs> <laughs> You've been invited by a friend, by a family member. This invitation from God isn't your friends. It's not your grandma. It's not even your mom. It's from God. Do you feel the weight of that? God is calling us to live a certain way, to have a, a mindset, a character, a wiring to bless. If that's true, we see it's here. It's here. You're called to bless. Now what? Now, like, what do you do? What do we do? In light of this call, what do we do? I'm going to give you three things. Number one, resolve to be a blessing. Make a commitment that this is what you're going to do, but more than that even, what you're going to be. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. Look, that's the world's way. You do good to me, I'll do good to you. You do wrong to me, I'll do wrong to you. And that's normal and human and natural, and we all feel like that that's okay that we should behave this way, and, and it's, it's common to humankind. But God's way is on the contrary. Bless. The world behaves one way. They're oriented toward payback. God's oriented towards blessing. This is a revo- resolve. So if you've been invited to a wedding, what's next? You get the invitation, what are you asked to do? RSVP. However you respond is your resolve, your decision, your commitment. Yes, we will be there. We're bringing four people. That's a resolve. It's a commitment. It's you saying, I'm going to do this thing. And what we need to do is receive this calling and join God in the resolve to bless, to bless when even your enemies are coming against you. Think about the depth of that kind of blessing, but that's what, the, that's what the Bible calls for. Jesus said in Matthew 5, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So conceptually, Jesus is saying, hey, look, you're going to suffer persecution. You got enemies. Rejoice in that. But then Paul gets real practical in Romans 12. Some of his language sounds very similar to, first, uh, to what we read in 1 Peter. Verse 14 of Romans 12, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Verse 17, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Okay, I'm going to get five-second political here, but without being political. I'm not choosing sides. Okay, so like this isn't, don't get competitive on me. All right, be neutral, be spiritual. You ready? One thing that, has to, that drives me crazy, it has to drive you crazy, that happens in the political landscape, that's a really anti-example of what we're striving for here, is when one party, and both parties do it, you did this to us, you better watch out, because when the time comes, we're going to do the same thing to you. It's not honorable. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. Never pay back, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, same expression. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, Give him something to drink, for by doing so you will heap burning coals on his head, which doesn't make sense to us. He's basically saying, for by doing so you will bless your enemies. And the call of Scripture is clear. So much so are we to be resolved to be a blessing that our, our bent is to even bless our enemies. That's God's way. God's way is contrary. On the contrary, bless. And you may want to return evil for evil. You may want to go the world's way. I do. When bad things happen to good people, you may even be tempted to curse God. It's a temptation that we need to fight against and, in, and just resolve that no matter what's going on in and around our lives, we will bless but when you make a resolution, then it's going to require an act, number two, live to be a blessing. If you resolve to lose weight, whoopee, who cares? You have to do the things to lose weight. I got a friend, he's resolved a couple months ago to lose weight, and he's, he's told me, no more sugar, no more carbs, and I'm going to work out. And he's been doing it. And doesn't Gregory look amazing? Yeah. He's lost all kinds of weight. He feels good. He's out there working this week. And he's like, man, I just I feel so strong. And all the stuff he's telling me. And he, he should be on a magazine. He's so fit now in just a couple months. He's looking unreal. When you resolve to be a blessing, it's the same as resolving to make any kind of decision or commitment. You do the action that follows through on the resolve. The resolve to be a blessing takes, takes activity, takes Action on our part in two ways. One, corporately, verse 8. Finally, all of you. So all of us cross point. 
Have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called. Crosspoint Church, we're called corporately to be a blessing, and I feel like, I know we're not perfect, but I feel like we are pointing big time, aggressively, in the right direction. We do things every single week, Sundays and through the week, that show that we want to be a blessing. We host groups who are led by group leaders. We have a welcome center. We have ushers, greeters, student ministry leaders, meals team, prayer team. We go, we, uh, yesterday, the homeless ministry went out, and we have VBS. So I know Rob talked about it in the, in the um, announcement time. VBS was amazing. It was awesome. We couldn't have done it with volunteers. If you volunteered last week for VBS, would you do me and everybody else here a favor so we can bless you? Would you stand up? You volunteered last week. Stand up. There's Barb. She's leading the way. I know it's more than you guys. Let's go. Yeah. They don't... <laughs> Thank you so much. And I get to be here and watch, and I do a few little logistic things. I set up tables and take down tables. I don't feel like I do very much at all, but I'm watching these people, and I marvel. They show up an hour before a three-hour um, time with kids. They stay after for a meeting. They devote their energy and effort in ways that I'm not sure I'm personally capable of. I'm impressed times a million. They got over 300 kids in here. I did, I saw some poor little counselor girl, um, being, kid crying on her and stuff, and I'm watching that, and I'm like, you know what, I'm really thankful for you. I'm glad that you can handle that, because I'm not sure I could. And, um, and, I, and then, and then <clears throat> dear sweet Anna is what I call Anna Brumbach. She's our assistant kids director, but she had to come through in a big way, because uh, Sandra Hills had a, a pretty serious, fam not for herself, but a family health crisis, and Anna stepped up. I don't think she's in here, but uh, then there's back there, there's Barb Toll and Jessica Becklin and Debbie Brumbrack and so many people who came together to pull off just an amazing week, unreal week, and we're so proud of you and we're so grateful and you're a reflection of what we want to be. Thanks, everybody. So we want to live to be a blessing corporately. We're doing pretty well. What about you? We want to live to be a blessing personally, too. Go down to verse 12. Uh, sorry, 10, 10. 10 to 10. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, a.k.a. whoever wants to be blessed, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Let him live contrary. Let him not live as an individual. Let him not live good for good, evil for evil. But on the contrary, bless. We want to be people who aren't just blessing, but we are people of blessing. And like, I feel privileged to know so many around here, and I can't name everybody, even from last week, but I just feel like they're consumed with blessing, each other, blessing other people, like just being a bless. Like it's what they do. It's part of their, their spiritual DNA. And there were some guys, you know, I, I, did, I did grunt work, you know, set up tables before and after every single day for four days that there were guys showing up. Put this room back and all the rooms back, 
put out signs and all, but there's some guys that just really, they came right along and without apology, without reservation, Bob Neidegger, Sean Garrity, Mance Sinke, Steve Bartholomew, Tony Vizzini, Tom Keller, and Jim Ross, these guys all stepped up. Tom, yeah, for sure. And we love it when the men step up. Good job. So what about you? Before coming in here today, would you assign yourself as being a person who's determined, who has a resolve, and who's committed to live out being a blessing? That it's just when people think of you, do you desire that they think of somebody who blesses, um, or are you indifferent to that? Or do you tolerate being less than? Maybe you're a payback person. We want to be a church full of people who are blessing, who are determined to bless others. So we're going to resolve, we're going to live to be a blessing, and unfortunately, because of this world and the people in it and the people around our own lives and because of hardship, we're number three, we need to endure to be a blessing. You're going to have to endure. In the world, you will have tribulation. Look what he says, Peter writes, uh, here in verse 13 and to the end. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? So if you're the person determined to be a blessing, scripturally, nobody can harm you. Well, how is that even possible? Because no matter what happens to you here, if you know Jesus Christ, when, when, when you suffer or when you leave and die, heaven's yours. No matter what's going on with you today, heaven's yours. That's not, we, we receive that by faith. It's not always incredibly easy, but that's what that verse means. But even if you should suffer, for righteousness' sake you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. And so he mentions suffering a couple times. He mentions um, verbal attack. And so you can go through all kinds of tough th things in your life. You might be, even in here today, you might be having a health issue. You might be having difficulty with finances. There might be relationship issues that are really a strain and a struggle. You might have experienced pain or might be experiencing pain or recently experienced loss. What we're being told in this passage is in spite of all those things that might be going on in our lives, be a blessing anyway. Be a blessing anyway. Those circumstances that come in can make it hard to be a blessing. People can too because people can be mean. Even people we know and love in our own family, our friends, they can be mean, they can be abusive, they can take advantage of you, they can do you wrong in spite of you wanting them to do, wanting to do them right. Be a blessing anyway. What's your tendency when someone does, does you wrong? Is it payback? Is it like, scale of one to ten, you hurt me a six, so I'm going to hurt you back a six? Or a seven? You know, you just... You, 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 you want to get, you know, we live in a somewhat competitive 
world. I'm very competitive. I'm much less than I used to be, but I'm very competitive. And so, like, it, it would not be unusual for me to think that you or somebody out in the world who did something wrong deserved the same. That's not the divine way. Some people don't want to confront personally, and so behind a back, they'll gossip, they'll slander, they'll tear down a reputation as their payback. Or they'll write off, they'll think, well, you did wrong when you figured life out and you get it right, well, then you're welcome back in my world. Don't ask me how I know about any of those. (laughs) But Peter says, don't pay back. On the contrary, bless. So much of what it means to be a Christ follower is that counterintuitive, my personal self, the part of me that wants its own way, that selfish part of me that wants to get its own way, I can do that or I can go Christ's way. And Christ's way is to bless. Maybe even as we're talking about that, you may even be thinking of a a relationship that's strained and you've been tempted, if not even followed through, on the, the idea that revenge is necessary. I want to encourage you, if something came to your mind, find a way to bless that today, to step into that life and bring blessing instead of additional hardship. The world's full enough of difficulty. Like we said at the beginning, it's a mess. We Christian people are to be salt. We're supposed to be positive influences in this world, salt and light. So your government, your boss, your spouse, your friend, the media, any of it can be unfair. And what the Bible tells us to do is bless anyway. Bless in the face of suffering. Why? Why in the world should any of us do this? Why should anybody... Besides the call of God, which should be enough, why should you do it? What, what, what's the benefit? What might happen? Here's what. You show the real, the vibrant, and a desirable faith that can only be found in Jesus Christ. You show that. You show that to a lost and dying world that's going to fall short of heaven, maybe because we don't bless. Let's bless Let's not bring down God's reputation. Let's lift it up by blessing other people in the middle of just a mess. And your suffering will give you those opportunities. Maybe even verbally. That's what verse 15 ends up being about. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared, always being prepared, in the middle of hardship. So like our family back um, 2009 to 2000, about 12 or 13, we had just, just kind of like the season for that long of a time of just these health, health crisis and injuries and stuff in our family. Um, if you want to hear those stories, ask me later. What was cool about it, looking back and even in the middle of it, was the opportunity to share the fact that God was working, that we had peace and comfort because of our faith in Jesus Christ where one of our family members might have been in danger of a serious, even more serious crisis or even death. People in our community, and we were, part, we were in high school, we were in sports, we were around a lot of different people. We were able to give glory to God 
in the middle of a tough situation, and we were able often to do it verbally, like it says here, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. How can you have so much peace? How can you not be stressed out? How are you not losing sleep? On and on, the questions would come. Our faith in, our faith in Christ sustains us. Those opportunities come when you suffer, you can be a blessing, you can share the gospel. When the apostles in Acts withstood persecution and imprisonment and potentially death, the crowds marveled at their ability to rejoice in those tough times. They will marvel at your life when you can bless in the face of trial and difficulty and offense. To be a blessing instead of seeking to pay back wrong is also also has an additional benefit. Look with me in verse 9. Do not repay evil for evil, reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called. Why? That you may obtain a blessing. Again in verse 10. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and keep his lips from speaking deceit. Forever desires to love life, and for whoever desires, desires to be blessed. God is looking to bless you. What about verse 14? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. And I can't enumerate what that blessing is. I just, it, it, let's just consider it being spiritual. I'll tell you this, here's the best blessing you can get, though. Rob mentioned it, another thing Rob mentioned in his thing was just so true, and we think about it all the time. What if your life and your words bring somebody to Christ? What if your reputation brings somebody to Christ? What if a testimony from a person about your life to another brings somebody to Christ? We like to imagine heaven and we don't know if this will happen. It's, it, it may, it may not, we don't know. But we like to imagine hearing in heaven of those people that we didn't know our lives influenced came to Jesus. Right? Like, you, you might imagine like a line of 10, 50, 500, I don't know. That your life and your words impacted. This is why we bless. This is why we go God's way. It's what Jesus did. The Bible says that Jesus... Uh, came to serve and not be served and to give his life a ransom for many. He laid down his life for his friends. He did the contrary thing. He, did, he blessed instead of seeking revenge, payback, instead of like for like. There's no greater blessing than being that servant who makes a difference for the kingdom. And then here we are cross point. I talked about it earlier but this is why we love, this is why we teach, this is why we set up, take down, clean up, put back the room. This is why we volunteer to work at VBS, why we serve coffee, pray, visit, call, give in our offering, take people to lunch, disciple, lead, host a game at family fun night. And on and on and on I can go because of all the great things we do here. Corporately, we are working to be a blessing so that the world may know. And we do it in spite of what's going on in and around our lives. And we're just dedicated to showing Christ to a, lo a, lo a lost world so they can know.